The quarantine is over. Summer is here, baby. Memorial Day weekend. I don't think I've done a podcast in probably two months, over two months. Frankly, I've just been exhausted. Um, Not a lot of sports to talk about. I didn't want to be a COVID-19 guy. I didn't want to constantly talk about that. There was plenty of places to get that information. Um, But mostly it's because I've been exhausted. Um, Never stopped working. Where I work, we're a manufacturer, so never stopped. It's been busier than ever. Um, I have four kids, seven, five, three, one, and um, they all need attention. And I've been trying to keep up with Joe Spanner in our Apple Watch movement competition. So I would work, come home, let give, try to give my wife a break and play with the kids for a little while and do their baths, give and put in a bed, and then I would try to get 60 more minutes of exercise to keep up with the competitions with Joey, and then I'd go to bed. It was exhausting. And, um, you know, my poor wife, people tell me, oh, how, you know, people ask me at work or wherever, how's everything going? How's the family? I'd say, well, I'm doing all right. My wife, she's got it tough with four kids. When we were strict for like eight weeks, her specifically, of just staying in, doing the right thing, doing what we were supposed to do. And she's with the kids, four of them, 10 hours a day, you know, nine hours a day until I got home. And it was exhausting. Um, But finally, maybe like two weeks ago, we started letting the kids see my, my parents and her parents and a couple aunts and, you know, their cousins. So... It's gotten a little better, but um, yeah, definitely an exhausting time over those two months, which is why the podcast has been on hiatus. You know, when we decided to have a big family, no one could have seen this coming, obviously. Our kids are spread out age-wise, almost strategically, where, you know, at this point, we'd have three of them at, you know, in school at in some capacity, so... Needless to say, the uh, eight weeks of strict quarantine was certainly draining, but we're finally starting to see some light at the end of the tunnel. Personally, I'm done. I'll continue to wear a mask when I'm shopping because it's basically a rule and I don't feel like getting in fights with virtuous sheep. So when I go to stop and shop every Sunday, I'm starting to bring Benny, my three-year-old, who it's basically my shadow, so he loves doing all the errands with me. So we'll we'll do Target and stop and shop together. We'll both wear masks. I have no problem doing that, but I'm I'm gladly ready to go into restaurants. For instance, um, Sunday we went to What Cheer, which is the little bar in Providence near the Johnson and Wales Harborside campus. Uh, we ate out there with my brother, his wife, and another couple of the Staffords, and it was just nice to be in the world again ate outside it was nice it's 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 time nationwide deaths are down there was 500 today 600 yesterday um hopefully the warm weather is killing this virus off and the flattening the curve worked and the social distancing is working and you see it in other areas of the country florida georgia texas things are going fine and it looks like we're going to get professional sports back soon, which is great. But I'm there. I'm, I'm 
ready to have friends over, let my kids start hanging out with their friends. I'm ready to play basketball again. Um, I'm not worried about catching COVID that way. I feel like if Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell didn't give it to everybody, you know, that week or those weeks prior when all sports got canceled because Rudy Gobert tested positive, then maybe the contagion of COVID-19 is not as contagious as the media would like you to believe. And um, I also do think weather has has a little bit to do with it. It's not flu season anymore. And I'm not going to minimize COVID and say it's a flu. I know it's more contagious and You know, if the wrong people get it, it's definitely more severe. I get all that. But I'm ready for this all to be done. I think most people are. I'm ready for youth sports to be back. My kids certainly need it. I feel like they're almost, they've almost forgotten how to coexist with other kids. They need to get back playing with their friends, basically for their mental health and personal growth. You know, I'm not mad that Cody will be missing his second year of Coach Swiss baseball coach pitch baseball because um, it's going to hurt his baseball development. You know, he's seven. He's going to be fine. But what I'm mad about is he's not being a kid and hanging with his friends and teammates two days a week. (coughs) Food update. I fear that um, DoorDash and Grubhub are really going to cut into my title as the takeout king. My favorite part about going out and getting food was bellying up to the bar and grabbing a few drinks while my while waiting for my food. I wouldn't even order ahead. You know, I think Tori and I had an understanding that I needed to get away for a little bit. And it was usually at a time where the kids were under control. So I would go to say, I don't know, Toadies and have two or three beers while our food was being made. Now, since we couldn't go anywhere for a while, downloaded DoorDash and Grubhub and it's just so damn easy to order it online just have it delivered right to your door um, but it's been nice and um, a couple places that we've been frequently frequenting um, Chick-fil-A probably at least once a week just so easy for the kids they love the fries they love the chicken bites they love the fruit Super easy on days that the kids need to eat and we're low on supplies. Now, a place that I've liked that I never tried before was this Mizu, the hibachi place in um, South Seekonk, in that subway plaza over there across from the Target Plaza. The first time we got it, it was okay. You know, clearly it's not Ichigo. It's not Ichigo Ichi. It's, It's not that good. However, since since Ichigo wasn't on Grubhub or DoorDash and it didn't even open until last week, Mizu was the option. And we got it a second time and it was really good. And it's cheaper. So I'll definitely keep Mizu in the rotation. I got the uh, steak hibachi. My wife got the chicken hibachi. And yeah, this was pretty good. And actually, we got a teriyaki thing that we gave to the kids one night. And that, that they liked. Um, so I'll keep them in the rotation. Arigna on Amherst's Boulevard in Pawtucket. We got that a couple times on Grubhub. Until they decided that I live too far away for them to deliver. 
just found out this past weekend that they're no longer delivering to me, even though I got it twice before. But we learned that the pizza there is really good. Just the regular cheese is good. And we also got an eggplant pizza one night that I thought was was bomb. And um, the wings are, are good. They're not a... I feel like they should be better, but they're very thick. Um, the dry rub is what I get. And it's solid. And for local pizza places, just your kind of chain-type pizza, I've been getting Papa John's a lot. And I, you know, shout-out to Chris Bizier. It is a damn good pizza. It's good pizza. The chicken poppers are good. The kids love it. Um, you know, I'm sure once I'm able to go into pizza places, I'll probably get more popular in toadies. But we'll we'll keep Papa John's in the rotation. I I think it's I think it's been very good. Other places that we've either picked up food at or had them deliver was Chardonnay's, who also just opened like two weeks ago. Now I'm pissed because for whatever reason they're not selling the Jamaican jerk chicken and they're not selling cod, which is what me and my wife like the most. This past weekend, I got the jambalaya there, which is always fine. It's 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 fine. I, I don't mind it, but the Jamaican jerk chicken is really what keeps me going back there. So if that's like a item that is gone for good, even when we get back to normal, I'd, I'd be kind of upset by that and probably not go to Chardonnay's as often. We got Longhorn early on. That's always one of those chain restaurants on Route 6 that we kind of forget about, but every time we get it, when we say we should go here more. So we got that early on. It was very good. We got Ichigo Ichi today. And yeah, it was it was really damn good. The, that rice and that steak and the shrimp. The hibachi there is just by far the easiest around. Easiestly the best around. Um, and on Friday, we got Cousins Pizza, who... And I know I like all the pizza places in this town pretty much. But if I had to say which one's the best, it's Cousins. We got this buffalo chicken pizza that had bacon on it. And it was it was perfect. I mean, the best, probably the best pizza I've had in a while. But, um, yeah, I do miss going to the bar. I am ready for whatever phase number allows me to go in there. And grab a drink while I'm waiting for my food. I threw it out on Facebook this past week that maybe this town needs a morale boost. And maybe this is the year we bring back Seekong softball. Response was big. Not only in the likes and comments, but people reaching out via text... Hit and Run won three consecutive titles in the last three seasons of the Sunday Softball League. Ricky Silva reached out and speculated that maybe the next 10-part ESPN series should be on Hit and Run. How many titles could have been won there? Brad Lucky, a staple at first base for Hit and Run, like Brian Daubach was for the Paw Sox, and now a current Seekonk police officer said, hey, maybe this is what we need. So will it happen? It's doable. I think it's possible. 
what I would propose is a three Sunday league in playoffs. We could do the whole thing in three weeks, just in July. Because listen, we all have families now. I understand. Um, I know I'd get some pushback if it was a all summer thing. We can't be doing that again. But it can be done in three weeks. If we, let's say we get 45 commitments, then we can have three teams. If we get 60 commitments, four teams, um, we'd probably have to cap it there because I don't think we want to waste our entire Sundays. I know I enjoy a good Sunday fun day during the summer. Most people do. Obviously, we have families now. We just can't be hanging out all day at Aiken School or Seekonk High School, wherever we would do it. Um, you know, life's, life's different than it was 10 years ago. I recognize that. But um, we can play these games at like 10 and 11 a.m. and then have the rest of our days, the rest of our day to do whatever we would want to do. We do six inning games, co-ed, wooden bat. We can play at Seagong High School. Since those fields are never really occupied, we could maybe even do the middle school. They have a lot of nice fields back there now. Or Cole Street. Can't do Aiken, because if you've driven by there lately, they're doing um, massive renovations. They're expanding it. But, um, yeah, so I reached out to the OG captains. I would be on board to be a captain. Matt Langevin is pumped. He wants to be a captain. Some of the other OG captains definitely are interested in playing, possibly, probably not in a captain role. So once we get commitments, we kind of have to reach out to see who'd be willing to be a captain. But I really do think it's doable. Um, I think during the week what I'll do is I'll have those that want to commit send me an email so we can build somewhat of, of a player pool. And if we get enough people, we can have a draft. And Hit and Run can go for its fourth coveted Dr. Russell Goyette Cup. The golden years of the weekend warriorism around here was definitely like 2006 to 2010 when Saturdays were spent on Lauren Drive playing in my backyard basketball league. And then Sunday we would just play softball all day and then hit Curtis's pool it was awesome. Those were definitely the days, and obviously a lot has changed. Most of us, a lot of us, married, kids. So I understand we have to do things differently. But I do think it would be a certainly a morale boost. I think people are ready to just do something, see people. I mean, if you see the comments on that Facebook post, and if you saw the text I was getting, people are just ready. This would be a huge morale booster. I don't know. We'll see. We'll put a feeler out. And as far as the Saturday basketball goes, I have a court now. I'm not quite ready to resurrect the Backyard Basketball League because I hope youth sports come back soon. And I have a seven-year-old and a five-year-old that are involved in stuff. But I'm ready to get some pickup basketball going. That's for sure. Probably even this upcoming Sunday. I think the next basketball league I run in the backyard will uh, probably be for my kids when they're old enough to care about basketball and understand getting up and playing four on four or three on three, whatever it might be. But don't hold me to that. I could very easily bring back the LD Basketball League. Yay! Before I start this next segment, 
I totally forgot about who is the most pumped about the possible resurrection of the Seagong Sunday Softball League, and it's none other than our selectman, Chris Zora, who has saved every version of the hit-and-run uniform and still sometimes wears it to this day. He even drove by me today and pulled over while I was on the Cole Street field with my kids to yell, let's get the softball season going, baby. So listen, if we have a selectman on our side, I think we're going to get this going. I really do. But anyways, my final segment here, a staple of the LD podcast, what I'm watching. Easily the best thing, the most entertaining thing I watched over quarantine was Waco, which was a documentary on Netflix about um, David Koresh and the Branch Branch Davidians in Waco, Texas. I was so young when that story came out that I just thought it was a mass suicide. And I still think David Koresh was a damn weirdo, but it was really interesting to see the whole story and how the FBI really seemingly messed that one up. You know, going in and forcefully making them come out. And it's just interesting. I don't want to spoil it for anybody. But I, honestly, I would strongly, strongly, if you're looking for something to watch, it's Waco. It's a six-part series. Um, Tim Riggins from Friday Night Lights as David Koresh. Super skinny and emaciated. But once you know it's him, it's kind of freaky. But it's a great watch. That's That would be my number one recommendation. And obviously, unless you live under a rock, you've watched The Last Dance. The documentary, which I thought was about their last season, Chicago Bulls, which would have been like 97, 98. But it's really just a, um, a Michael Jordan documentary, which is fine too. It was compelling. It was amazing to relive Michael's greatness. Mike Jordan, Michael Jordan was the coolest guy probably to ever play a sport. And that was well documented in this 10-part series. It was just awesome to see an alpha dog in his element, just, um, just busting his teammates' balls and the staff and his security guards just because he can. It was just cool to see, you know, a guy not worrying about being a bully, just breaking balls with people, talking junk and backing it up. I mean, making up grudges, everything was personal to him. It was really cool to see. Definitely cool to see a competitor of, of that magnitude that you don't really see in today's NBA other than someone like Russell Westbrook who just kind of plays with a scowl and an attitude. And the way Kevin Garnett played throughout his career, you just really don't see that much of it anymore in the NBA it's more of a you know you want everyone to like you and it was it was cool to kind of just see how the way it was but with that said the overwhelming and unnecessary LeBron James slander on social media right now is is ridiculous all the OGs on Facebook and Twitter kind of came out of the woodwork now with their takes about how LeBron couldn't play in the 90s or LeBron can't hold Michael's jock. It's just way out of line. And no one on Team LeBron is even bringing this up. It's really just all the insecure Michael Jordan fans. 
they're not the same type of player. They're not the same type of person. And I just think it's stupid to compare them. LeBron was a big advocate for ESPN to get this thing going. And immediately after the first episode, you know, you see everyone on Facebook and Twitter be like, this, this, this shows Michael Jordan's the best. I think most people think Michael Jordan's the best anyway. I mean, it's certainly one and two or one A and or one and one A or one A and one B. There's, there's no question. But to compare the two and for people to take a victory lap after this series is just kind of unnecessary. But that's what we live in now. People watch something and react on Twitter or or any form of social media. So I get it. But LeBron is basically the same size as Karl Malone. He would have not been phased by the Pistons. And that's another thing. That's another take. Another hot take. Oh, LeBron, you know, he couldn't have played back then. Imagine. Imagine him going in the hole and Billy and Beer knocking him down. <laughs> LeBron would just rise up and dunk all over Billy and Bear. And Rick Mahorn's fat ass. And John Sally. <laughs> like. He would not have been phased at all by the Pistons. He would have been great in in any era, honestly. He's about to win a title with his third different franchise. The LeBron slander is just absolutely absurd. People just need to stop comparing him to MJ. They're completely different. Just enjoy the greatness while it's here. And honestly, if, if I'm a captain and we're playing pickup basketball and I have the first pick... And LeBron and MJ are against a fence, and I get to choose one. I'm taking LeBron. Beer belly, beer belly, get these busts away from me, you know. I don't find this stuff amusing anymore. Well, if you'll be my bodyguard, I can be your